The scripture reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. And then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come ye who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that I saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you clothed and gave you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. And then he will say to those at his left hand, You who are cursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked, or sick in the prison, and did not take care of you. Then he will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is one of those passages when it's hard to say it, but this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts 
together this morning be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One October afternoon, I was cleaning up the gathering space outside these doors after all of the students had left in the after-school program, and I discovered this drawing. I don't know if you can read it very well because it's kind of bright, but it says, I love this church. It was written by a student from Camino Real Middle School, one of 80 or so students that comes to this space every day after school for an hour or less for a snack, bottle of water, access to the internet, the playground, and most importantly, a safe place to wait for their parents or grown-ups to pick them up. <clears throat> most of the students don't attend church here on a Sunday. They don't come here on Wednesday. Many of them don't go to any church, but this is their church. And we are their neighbors. They are our neighbors. And this is our vision in action. Last week, we opened a conversation about our intention to follow Jesus in 2023 as a community of faith. And we're calling this the 2040 vision, not for the year 2040, but for an emphasis on invitation and incarnation. And we began with two questions, which I have posed to the staff and to the church leadership board, and now to the congregation, how are you going to encourage increased engagement with people who are here, people who are involved? How are you going to encourage increased engagement? And then how are you going to reach out to the community? These questions are vital for us to consider at this point in time at Morningstar as we are seeking our own growth and development as individual followers of Jesus, but also as we are thinking about what it means to grow and develop as a fellowship, as a community of faith. We spent most of the time last week centered on this idea of increased engagement through the meaningful act of invitation as we reminded ourselves that 20% of the people asked to say they would come to church if they were invited. So we literally stopped what we were doing then. And we took an invitation that looked like this. And we took the time to pray about it and to fill it out, to think about whom God might be inviting us to invite to a specific event or worship service at Morningstar. And then we prayed over them. And I hope that you delivered an invitation this week. If you did not, there's still time. I have blank invitations available for you. So invitation is half of the 2040 vision inviting the 20% to come and check out this place that we call Morning Star and see what God is up to here. The other half of the vision refers to the 40% of people who say they will never set foot in a church building on a Sunday morning. So this is not indifference, right? I will never set foot in a church building on a Sunday morning. Now, being people who value church, and who arrange our lives to be a part of a community like this one, it's really easy for us to adopt an us versus them mentality when thinking about people who do not want to come to church. Of course, with us being on the inside and with them being on the outside. It is an insider-outsider situation to which Jesus is referring in this passage that we read from Matthew 25 this morning. 
Last week, we read the story about the wandering sheep, the parable that Jesus told while he and his friends were in Capernaum before they headed south to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover meal for the last time before he would be crucified. But Jesus tells this parable, this story in Jerusalem after they've made that wonderful entry and he was received with the palm branches and the shouts of Hosanna. And he's continuing to predict his death and his resurrection. And so Jesus introduces this parable that Elaine read for us this morning with this statement. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Now, glory is something that we often think about in terms of achievement. But in the days of Jesus, glory was a public expression of honor, something that was displayed for all to see. And it's really important that we think about the word choice that Jesus uses here because in his day and time, honor was a commodity. It was a limited good. That meant if someone like Jesus was given honor, That honor was taken away from someone else, which is exactly what made him a threat to the authorities. And why this plot for his death was gaining momentum. So in this passage, he talks not merely about power, but also about purpose and about the nature of the community that he is building. He uses this word, separate. And it seems pretty harsh to us. The king, the son of man, the one who sits on the throne, Jesus, will separate the sheep from the goats. And he has, he's used this kind of sorting language before, and it can be really troubling to our 21st century ears. But in his culture, sheep tended to belong to men and goats to women, at least in terms of who cared for them. So part of that separation could refer to the different in status, to the separation of the genders. And it's easy for us to get caught up in the starkness of, of the right hand versus the left hand and the blessings versus the, the curse or condemnation, especially in light of our own commitment here at Morningstar to radical inclusion. It's all too easy to miss the culture that Jesus is trying to create here with his words. But did you hear it? He describes a world in which hunger is satisfied and thirst is quenched and strangers are welcomed and nakedness is clothed and sickness is healed and the isolated are no longer alone. It's when the outsider becomes the insider, he says, that you can see me, that you really know me, that you're actually following me. In other words... To Jesus, people in need are the insiders. People in need are the insiders. His point being that we are all in need in one way or another because we're all human. We all need food, water, and connection. We all need clothing and health and a place to truly belong. It's when we have tricked ourselves into thinking that we can meet our own needs, that we can provide for ourselves, that we find ourselves on the outside, judging others instead of serving them, an acknowledgement of the fact that they are just like us, or better yet, we are just like them. Because there is no us versus them, and it's not our job to do the separating. 
It's our job to do the serving. And we're called to give our whole selves to that work just as Jesus did. That is the meaning of incarnation. We often talk about incarnation as the inbreaking of God into the world as a human being, as an infant named Jesus. And that is absolutely true. That is the meaning of incarnation. But when it comes to our own practice of faith, Incarnation describes what it means for us to embody the teachings of Jesus, to serve in and with our own human bodies. And it's critical that we take ourself, our service, our bodies out there, outside the walls of the church to the 40% who will never set foot in a church building on a Sunday morning so that they can see that Jesus is not just inside the church. Jesus is outside the church as well. Outside the church with us, in us, in all of us, in our acts of love and service with people who share those same basic human needs. Jesus is in the need itself. Because the truth is, beloved, all that some people will ever know of church is you. All that some people will ever know of church is you and how you care for them outside of this church building. The only connection that some people will ever have with church is what happens in this building on every day other than Sunday. In those daily acts of grace, sometimes as small as a bag of chips and a bottle of water and a smile, we give people the opportunity to experience the love of Jesus from the inside out. I'm sure they may come to love this church. But more importantly than that, they will come to know that they are loved by this church. And they are loved by God. Because we're doing everything we can to point to that truth. To point to that grace. That is our mission, to point to grace. Our vision includes inspirational worship, radical inclusion, and the alleviation of suffering for the 20% who will come at our invitation, for the 40% who will never come, and for everyone else in between. And we pursue that vision through action. And that action begins with curiosity and a willingness to get involved. And that is why you have this piece of paper if you do not have it, let me know. If you missed it on the way in, let me know. Do you have it? Raise it up. Got it? If you're missing it, could you raise a hand? Okay, we have a couple of people in the back there. Angie, could you help me with that? Just raise your hand and keep it raised. So you don't have to read what's on the screen because you have it in front of you. <laughs> this is just a visual aid to point to the piece of paper. This is a simple reminder of our mission and our vision, and it also has the two key points of our 2040 vision. Just raise your hand and keep it raised if you don't have it. Leslie and Angie are coming to you. We also have a link available for those of you who are worshiping online. At the bottom of the page, you will see the list of opportunities, so you can turn it this way. You can see the list of opportunities to pursue our mission. Now, some of you are familiar and involved with many of these opportunities, but some of you are not, so we're going to take a look at them together. So let's begin with the opportunities we have 
to serve beyond the walls of Morningstar. Our Lighthouse Food Pantry provides hundreds of local families with food on the first and third Tuesdays of each month, and also a pantry for senior citizens operates one Saturday a month. Keep going down the list. Our mission team serves as a bridge between the congregation and several wonderful helping organizations such as Methodist Children's Home and Jardín de los Niños. All gifts to Morningstar of $5 or less goes to support this work, and it adds up very quickly. Our ramp building team builds an average of one ramp a month to grant someone who is reliant on a wheelchair the accessibility to come and go freely to and from their own home. NM Cafe is a community organizing group that connects people in the congregation with opportunities to advocate for social change in our city and in our state. Our proximity to Camino Real Middle School provides us with many opportunities to support the administrators, the teachers, the staff members, the students, and their families. As a community of faith, we seek to reach out to the larger community of Las Cruces in joyous occasions through our fall festival, our spring carnival, and don't forget those Valentine's Day weddings that are coming up in just a couple of weeks. So all of these we have just described are opportunities to make real, genuine, and helpful connection with people, many of whom will include themselves in that 40% who will never set foot in a church building on Sunday morning. And in those instances, we are bringing the church to them. We're bringing the church to them, and God can do amazing things with that kind of consistent connection. And during those interactions, we will also meet people who will consider themselves part of the 20%, part of the 20% who would come to church if invited, knowing that it takes an average of eight to nine invitations for people to show up. But when they do show up, they will find many opportunities to grow in their faith within the walls of the church, and that's what you see in the remaining portion of the list. So we can look at that now, beginning with Bible studies for adults. In addition to Bible studies for adults, we seek to develop our spirituality at any age with classes for children and for youth. We're in the process of rebuilding an extensive congregational care team to continue to support members in times of need and grief. Seven different small groups meet regularly to encourage each other in the faith, and additional groups can be started at any time as needed. The music ministry is constantly welcoming new voices and talents to the bell choir, the vocal choir, and our wonderful praise band. Every Sunday morning brings with it the opportunity to greet people at the door, to make coffee, to read scripture, to serve with our media team, and much, much more. The Reader's Theater offers another great opportunity to meet people and participate in worship and the new session of Reader's Theater will begin on February the 6th. So some of you are looking at this document, and you're listening to me, and you're saying to yourselves, we know, we know, we know. We have been here for years, and we are already involved in more than half of the things that you described. Great. Wonderful. Please keep serving in the ways that you are serving, and please keep praying for other people to join in these efforts and, and think about ways that we can warmly welcome their participation. 
Because the truth is, there are many people in this room and online who are not as involved as you are and who don't know how to get involved. So if that's you, if you've been wondering, how do I get involved in that? How do I get invited to participate in that? Who do I talk to about this particular thing? This is one way that you can get some information. You can literally separate the piece of paper that applies to you. If you want to serve with a lighthouse, if you want to know more about Camino, if you want to join a growth group, just tear it off this piece of paper and write your name on the back of it. Now, if you have not given the church contact information yet, you're going to want to add something, an email, a phone number, so that we can contact you. But if you would write your name and the appropriate contact information, at the end of the service, before you leave, you will find Brenda and Joyce by the doors, and they will have baskets, and you can just drop that piece of paper in. So this is a low-risk, low-pressure, low-contact way for you to get information. You're not signing your life away. You're not committing for the rest of your life to do this one thing. You're just being put on an information list that is appropriate so that we can contact you and let you know what is going on. If you're online, don't worry about printing out the piece of paper. Just make a comment with what you're interested in learning about, and we'll be happy to follow up that way. Or send a direct message. That will work as well. So this all sounds pretty simple, I know. But it's not just about making a cognitive choice to do something. It's about asking for God's guidance for your next steps in faith. It's about discerning what spiritual practices and service opportunities will help you grow and make a difference in the community. It's about connecting with the Holy Spirit and seeking wisdom. So putting even just one piece of paper in a basket or making one comment today is an important step in that process. Because what we learn from the words of Jesus today is that we see the face of Jesus when we connect with people in need and we realize that we have those same needs. It's that kind of connection that brings Jesus' own vision of the kingdom, the kingdom of God where the least are the greatest and the last are the first comes to focus on earth as it is in heaven. It's also when we see ourselves in the face of the other that the vision of invitation and incarnation becomes sustainable for us as we remember that we are all in this together because not one of us needs grace any more or any less than anyone else. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Children, in your worship bags, you will find a wooden cross. It looks like this. Augie, do you have your cross? Owen, do you have your cross? You can put your wooden cross in your hand and hold it like this as a reminder that when we pray, we are connected with God and we are connected with each other. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray.
Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the constant invitation of your spirit in every breath that we take to remain connected to you and to remember that you are the source of our life. We thank you for the gift of these human bodies and for the amazing things that we can do with them to connect with each other, to remind each other that we are all in need together and we can help each other meet those needs. Remind us that we are your church inside these walls and even more importantly, outside of them. And give us the courage to show up and be seen so that in everything we do, we are pointing to your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.